Hey there, baseball fans. This is episode 16 of the Fair or Foul podcast, this week in Delaware Baseball Edition. I'm the catcher, T-Bone, and we head into the final week of a fantastic regular season. The number one seed in the tournament, as it stands now, may surprise you. A week one top 10 team finds their way back into the top 10 this week, and the week in review. Episode 16, coming at you. Here's what's happening this week in Delaware baseball. Okay, so we've got a couple of teams streaking. Let's go streaking. And they are now all in top 10. Apo's won 11 in a row. Concord High and, and Tower Hill have both won eight in a row. As it stands now, to my knowledge, through the information I've obtained, the Hillers would be the number one seed if the season ended today. So my outside of the top ten this week is Cape Henlope, and Cape is losers of four or six. They're still hanging in at 11 and five with a tough task at St. Mark's on Tuesday and Caravel to end the season. I still think Cape can make some noise in the tournament, but losing four of your last six in high school baseball is a huge tell. So I'm going to break down this week's records of the teams in the top ten and discuss wins versus quality wins, quality losses, and gimme wins. I'm not going to get into talking about the bottom feeders in the state, but there are about a dozen or so teams that just have real no, have really have no shot to beat any of the better teams. So those wins for all the team, the top 10, are just freebies. So I'll take those out and examine the rest to give you a real picture of the records. And that should give you a better idea of strength of schedule, schedule along with the record. A quality win or loss is a win or loss versus the top 10. A regular win that counts is just a win versus the middle. But I'm not counting the wins versus the freebies, and we all know who those are. Okay, in at number 10, finally I get the Sals back in. The Sals are 9-5. and five. They climb back into the top 10 with a quality win over Cape Henlopen this week. Breaking down the Sals record will look like this. Five quality wins and four quality losses. And they've played more teams in the top 10 than any other, any other school. So look at this way. They're playing slightly above average versus the cream of the crop, handing St. George's their only in-state loss and wins versus Cape and Apo. So Sal's, you just never know. They should take care of Archmere and Charter to finish the season, but likely we'll have a tough road to the title with five losses and only playing 16 games. Concord is back in the top 10 at 11-3, and three, winners of eight in a row, and they've been sitting in the corner since that loss to Sanford. But quietly have played some solid baseball and beating the teams they're supposed to beat and find themselves with some momentum. Now, side note with Sanford, Jamie Clark does a phenomenal job over there at Sanford with limited numbers, of course, but they look like they will likely finish at 11-7, and which may be their best record all time, if not certainly in several years. Someone can chime in on that. But back to Concord, you have to beat the teams in front of you, so here's the breakdown of Concord's record. 11-3 overall, two quality losses to St. George's and Tower Hill and the other to Sanford. Out of their 11 wins, only one quality win over a top 10 team. So one and, one and two versus top 10, and not sure their schedule for the Raiders is going to help them going to the tournament, 
They will face French and Archmere to end the season and should finish at 13-3. and At number eight, I promised you Tower Hill would move up if they swept this week, and they did. They're 12-1, and wins over Sanford, St. E's, and through a lightning delay Saturday versus Milford. So at 12-1, and only one win versus the top 10 in Concord, and the loss is to Wilmington Charter. They will get another chance versus the top 10 in Conrad Tuesday in a battle of 8 versus 7. It looks like it should be a battle of the Southpaws with Marty Coyne and Braden Shearer. We'll see about that. And by the way, Marty Coyne has yet to give up an earned run this year, and that'll be put to the test on Thursday playing Conrad if he is to throw. All right, coming in at number 7, Conrad 12-4 and four with shutout wins versus Charter in Middletown this week and a close loss to a top-five team at St. George's. Conrad is playing good baseball and trending upward with only one quality win versus the top 10. Unfortunately, in all four are quality losses. They are 1-4 and four versus the cream of the crop. That has to change, obviously, in the playoffs, so it's a quick out for the Red Wolves. They will have one more shot versus the top 10 as they face the Hillers of Tower Hill on Thursday. DMA comes in at 13-3. and three. DMA did drop one this week versus Caravel with two other wins versus Hotchin and MOT. The interesting part about DMA, and I like this team, they haven't played a tough schedule at all with mostly freebies, but they are 3-1 and one versus top teams. But the two losses versus the middle of the pack or lower concerns me with, a f- with focus. And heading to the stretch, as I said last week, they have to focus and keep their momentum and try to finish strong versus teams like St. E's and Newark Charter. Sussex Tech comes in at number 5, 13-3. Dropped a bit as they lost a closer one to rival Sussex Central 4-3, to but they do take care of Caravelle Saturday. Tech, like most Southern teams, is way more tested than the teams north at 13-3. At 13-3, all three of their losses are to number 2, 3, and 4 in my poll, St. Mark's, Sussex Central, and St. George's. They are 2-3 and three versus the cream of the crop, but not many freebies on the schedule, so they've done a good job not having a letdown elsewhere and will be battle-tested Come tourney time. Sussex Central comes in at 13 and 3. They had a clean week with a big one run win versus Tech and two other really non competitive wins. They should finish at 15 and 3 with IRR and Delmarva Christian to finish it out. Similar to Tech, they are 2 and 2 versus the top 10 with the only other loss to a quality Delmar team. Uh, a few more freebies on their schedule with a real true record quality wins and losses at 8 and 3. Coming in at number three is St. Mark's at 15-2. St. Mark's gets the season series sweep for a South 7-5, and they also took care of Mount Pleasant. One more test for the Spartans as they have Cape on Tuesday. I'll be anxious to see who gets the ball versus Cape. Spartans are 4-2 versus quality, but outside of those six games, not a whole lot of quality rest uh, the way in their wins. Of course, the two losses to DMA and Apo, so they are faring well versus the best. And that will bode well in the tourney. All right, my number two again this week is St. George's at 14-2. and two. They had the most challenging week this week and were up to the task to keep their number two ranking and set up the APO matchup Tuesday. Two 5-4 wins versus Middletown and Dover, while also a close win versus number seven Conrad, 5-2. Now, in the past, some of Rogers' teams would have lost a couple of these games here and there, but it goes to show this team's a little bit different. 
They're tough in close games, 14-2 and two overall, with only one in-state loss to Sal's, the other one-run loss to Malvern Prep. 4-1 and one versus quality and no stumbles versus the average. Excited to see Tuesday's matchup, and they get Milford on Thursday to round out their schedule. Number one, Apo comes in at 13-3. Okay, so you want to talk about streaking. Coach Torres' record consists of 24 in a row, three losses in a row, and 11 wins in a row. The only losses in this man's career in the last three years are to top 10 teams and by a combined four runs. So all you haters of T-Bone putting the Jags at number one over, oh, I don't know, the Spartans, they're 35-3 and three over the last three years. I know we missed one season. And they beat St. Mark's head-to-head and will prove their worth for, for St. George's Tuesday. I'll assume it will be an Evan Bolden and Zach Hart matchup. Both fast working strike throwers. Expect an hour and fifteen minute excuse me, hour and fifty minute game, maybe a three to two game coin flip on this one. But the Jags are home. Okay, that wraps it up this week. Next week we'll have our tournament preview and hopefully I'll get a chance to chat with some of the top teams coaches and see what they think. Thanks so much for listening. I'm out. Woo! You've been listening to Fair or Foul with your host, Troy O'Neill. If you enjoyed this episode, have comments or ideas you'd like to share, we'd love to hear them. So send your email to Troy at fairorfoulpodcast.com or visit our website, fairorfoulpodcast.com. And be sure to join us again next week for another episode of Fair or Foul.